0: Coming up on Mobile Learning in the Classroom, the six apps I use in teaching. Hi, my name is Guy Train, and this is Mobile Learning in the Classroom from TechEdge. And today I want to talk about the apps I use most often in my teaching. And I'm going to talk about six apps that do very different things. And the first one I want to start with is actually Google Drive. Google Drive, and I'll switch over to it, is one of my favorite apps. And the reason it's one of my favorite apps is because you can use it to uh, get student uh, products to share documents with students, and most importantly, it's a great way for students to collaborate with each other or for you to collaborate with uh, students as they're writing, as they're creating, and as they're doing. So uh, I have a very rich uh, Google Drive with a lot of folders and a lot of files that have been shared by multiple people. And uh, again, what I love about that is that ability to share, to have the opportunity to comment on other students' work and really do some of that work in a way that is very collaborative, that can happen at exactly the same time. And actually, I love when me and somebody else I'm collaborating with or when students are collaborating, they don't have to be in the same space at the same time, although they can be. And that ability to chat on the side as part of creating the document is fantastic. So Google Drive is probably the best way for me to have students collaborate teachers collaborate or you collaborate with your students and respond to them and have that history of um, working together. So that's Google Drive. Uh, the second app that I want to talk about is Padlet. I've talked about Padlet before and despite the fact that time has gone by um, I still use Padlet very often in my classroom again as a collaborative tool groups are working or individuals are working and I want to get the collective what everybody's thinking about and start a discussion you can see I have lots of walls I have a I can log in although you can use Padlet without logging in I do as an instructor because I want to keep the products and potentially use them as a formative assessment and we'll let this load and you can see there are lots of comments and one of the reasons it loaded a little bit slower is because students have uploaded graphics to make their argument this was a discussion about the latest results of NAEP so you can see that uh, groups of students have uh, added text added pictures and text with pictures so it's a way to incorporate multimedia and see the results of all of the groups without necessarily having to discuss all of it at once. And of course, the added advantage of Padlet when you have an account is that you can save it and you can go back and review it and see if students are meeting objectives, if there's anything you missed, or if there's anything that you want to go back to in the next lesson and reinforce and uh, just so y- you'd see i have quite a selection of uh, walls that i use for meetings for collaborating with uh, other instructors but also and a lot with my students in different classes so this is padlet the next one i want to talk about is socrative and um, socrative is the ability to create formative assessment as you go or pre-prepare it, whether you're running a session at a conference or teaching in the classroom. I use it very commonly. Um, If you can, I can show you my quizzes. And uh, I use it very commonly as an exit ticket, asking what are the two things you've learned, what questions do you have lingering and and any other uh, points that I want to have. It helps me take attendance, it helps me preserve kind of a take on what people took from this class, but it also helps generate those questions that then tell me what I need to go back and reinforce, what are people not feeling very sure about. So I use that as an exit ticket, but I also use that as a a quiz or as a way to get discussion going at the beginning of class. So this is Socrative. I've talked about it before. People have used it quite extensively. And what I like about it is the multiple formats, is that ability to get the results and, and export them into your computer or even into Google Drive, and uh, the flexibility of using all of it. Uh, the other thing is, unlike Kahoots and others, is that it's not timed and it doesn't give points based on time, which makes it a lot less stressful and a lot more uh, productive. One of the things that uh, most instructors now use, whether they're teaching K-12 or they're teaching in higher education, is a learning management system. And learning management, there are quite a few learning management systems out there. We right now at UNL use Canvas. It's not the only one out there. Uh, I do like Canvas very, very much because it is mobile first, because it is very flexible and it does everything that I want it to do. But it's not the only one. You can see uh, I've got my classes showing up here and these are. this is the class I Teach right now, and you can go to discussions to uh, email um, students in your class to look and uh, assess assignments. Uh, create an sna- uh, announcement and all of that. Now, I'm right now showing everything on an iPad, but all of this and all of the apps I'm talking about today will work on any platform. They're platform agnostic. Uh, I like using my iPads for some of them, but it's not necessary. Uh, the iPad does allow you to be flexible and walk around the classroom, but the computer allows you more stability, so it really depends. Uh, the most important thing is that you're not tied to a specific platform. So uh, Canvas allows, again, a, a really quick use of uh, the resources on hand and the ability to communicate with all students in an organized centralized place where you host every all the other resources. It can merge with Padlet, it can merge with Drive, it can merge uh, with almost any other tool you have there. Um, The next category of tools is uh, video conferencing. I think video conferencing like Google Hangouts, we right now use Zoom, but again, that's not exclusive. I use Skype sometimes, but that's a a really important tool in instruction. Uh, It helps you conference with students when you're not there or when they're at home or not available. It helps me also uh, communicate with colleagues that are not uh, necessarily available. And most importantly, if students are missing, they're not in class, Uh, The ability to Zoom into class and be a participant in what's happening in class is really important as a way, if you've got students who are ill often or have some chronic conditions or other challenges, this is a way to bring them in and make sure that they're not lagging too far behind. Um, If somebody is with family somewhere or anything like that, it's again, a really good solution. So Zoom, and I'll just briefly go into Zoom, just to uh, demonstrate and um, you can join a meeting or if you've got an account you can create a meeting for free you can have meetings if you create an account Uh, you can have meetings that are up to 45 minutes. Despite the fact that I have a pro account, I actually like the 45 minute limit because it does prevent you from going too long. But if kids are zooming into your class and that class is longer than 45 minutes, it makes sense to have an account or to use a service that will allow you to do it. And it is possible that the uh, video won't be two-way, so the classroom that has more bandwidth will use the video and then a student at home with lower bandwidth or more problematic connection will maybe switch over to audio only uh, although there's some benefit to being for kids being able to see each other and being able to communicate with a face and not just uh, with a voice. The last thing that I use very often in in my teaching is video, lots of ways to create video, but I found that one of the easiest way to create simple videos for the classroom is just to use the camera, the available camera, in this case on the iPad, but you can use, I often use my computer actually, and just set it there and uh, let it go. And the idea is that you're using the video just to explain concepts that are hard to explain or you're adding any new information that you didn't have time to do in class or even flipping the class so you can use a regular video if you just want your face and then a few things uh, you can use Educreations, which is still my favorite despite the fact that there are a few products in there uh, screencast uh, category that's another way to bring the documents and not necessarily have your face in there uh, both are perfectly fine both are ways to think about how do I incorporate video into my classroom? How do I make sure that all the content gets to everybody? And uh, the one thing that I've learned about video and I keep uh, reinforcing is, you want to edit as little as possible or not at all and just create short videos that target a specific uh, behavior. Uh, Because if you get into editing for most of us, unlike Dan here, who's behind the camera, who's very good at editing, most of us are not very good and it takes us an inordinate amount of time and that's not what you want. You want to create short videos that you can just turn around and use almost immediately. Most of your students will find the small mistakes or the problems actually more authentic. And so that's not necessarily a problem in delivery. So today, in Mobile Learning in the Classroom, I talked about six apps that I use in my teaching almost every day, and I'll see you next time.